face to face, hand to hand, film to film. Welcome to the Film to Film podcast. My name is James Shurgan. I am here with my good friend Inyaki. How are you doing today, Inyaki? I'm doing pretty well, James. How about you? Doing not bad. Uh, today we're going a bit back to the meat and potatoes of the podcast. Not quite to Italy, but to uh, Europe, to a film that is kind of a mix of different genres. Amsterdam, 1988. And this is one of those films I watched um, three years ago, early pandemic, and it was one I was like, oh man, this would have been a fun one to watch with uh, uh, Inyaki. So wanted to uh, bring you on and, and finally watch it with Halloween. We're a little bit after Halloween, but you know what? That's fine. It's still still a, yeah. a good time to come together and talk about, you know, quasi-horror. I'd say this is horror. Um, anyways, we don't need to have that conversation. So let me give the quick synopsis that I wrote, actually. Uh, and then you can tell me what you thought of the film. So uh, tough cock. T- tough cock. Tough. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Getting, getting, right. getting X-rated immediately, uh, which, you know, oddly <laughs> enough, is appropriate for a Dutch film uh, with the director named Dick Moss. Uh, tough cop. Eric Visser hunts down a disturbed serial killer who is using the canals to stalk victims in this Dutch slasher slash giallo slash politioteski. Um, what did you think of this film, Inyaki? I mean, I didn't get to see the, the tough cock. Uh, <laughs> I think we might, might have watched a different film. <laughs> yeah. You know, Dick Moss, he was a busy guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what did you think of this film? Uh I liked it. I liked it. It was, uh, this was, I mean, to me, this was like 90% the Giallo. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, you, it, there's a couple things that I think, and we can talk about this now. Why not? Uh, there's a couple things that I think lean a little bit more to the Policio Teschi or kind of the Euro crime police drama. Just the fact that you're following a cop around and they didn't outsource the, uh, the investigation to some random schmo. Um, And of course the uh, chase scenes, I think are a little bit more kind of in that uh, crime thriller vein, but you know, I think the premise of it and the way it's constructed, I I, I would basically agree slasher slash giallo kind of in that vein. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I agree with you that uh, there is a Politsky sort of element in there, but, uh, but there were there were some uh, giallos that uh, had those uh, chasing elements too. Yeah, a little bit, uh, a little bit certainly. I mean, they both can be kind of encompassed in that larger thriller genre, um, I guess you would say. Uh, but I, I do think this is a little more of a cop drama than your average one. I I would say I would agree with you that it's probably more giallo uh, or gialli than poliziotesky. But um, but you know. I, I, we, to some extent, I don't care that much, uh, but uh, right. it, it, it is kind of um, straddling that line at some points. It, it reminded me of the one uh, of the Giallo that we watched. Uh, I forget the name now, but the one with, uh, uh, with the killer being that uh, motorcycle driver, like the guy who like, always was always wearing the uh, helmet. Yeah. And I think that was one that we were like, oh, this is like half, half and half almost. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, it, it kind of has that same thing going on where the guy's suit just naturally kind of covers the face. So you're not sure who the killer is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it has, it's, it's classic red herring. 
Yeah. Uh, that are obvious red herring. Yeah. And a little unlike a Giallo and maybe a little more like a slasher, it's not like some random side character or whatever or a character that's been in the film so far that's the actual killer. It's like a brand new character that's basically introduced at the very end. So that part, I think, leans a little more even slasher rather than either of the Italian genres. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, I, I mean, I, 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 I still put it squarely on uh, Giallo in the sense that, like, yes, it's it's not a hundred, it's not a hundred percent who done it because uh, it's not it's none of none of the characters that they presented, but who is an accomplice on this or who 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 would know, who knows who the killer is? It's still in there, right? Like your your obvious red herring uh, being the psychiatrist the psychiatrist definitely is one of those where it's like uh, okay he knows he knows the person who's doing all the killing it's not like uh, a true true a hundred percent stranger where, where you don't really fucking know who the killer is like I, I don't know I'm thinking of like classic slashers where I when you do in the movies that you do know who the killer is it's like okay it's uh, you know Borges' mom or Jason Borges himself, who are just supernatural beings. But I mean, actually, you could think about it. The Friday the Thirteenth, you could say like, oh, that's a giallo, right? The, the killer is it's one of the ensemble members. Yeah. Like, I I guess what what makes a difference between a, a slasher and a giallo in that sense, right? If if that's a difference differentiation. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's. Kind of a line, and I, I think some films could be classified as both uh, to some extent. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like, I mean, same goes for uh, uh, Scream, right? Like, the whodunit. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Uh, I mean, Scream has, I, I think we call it, I think if Scream was Italian instead of American, uh, we probably would call it a giallo. Uh, or at least there would definitely be some people that would call it a giallo rather than the slasher. But, I mean, it's almost yeah, like... If you want to be really simplistic about it, the American form of it uh, is usually called slasher. Um, although you have stuff like Dress to Kill, which I think most people would say is a little bit more Jello-ish than slasher-ish. Anyways, I, I didn't mean to yeah. totally derail us into a uh, genre classification immediately, but uh, you know that's how we go. So this film is directed by Dick Moss, uh, which is you know just a great name. Love to say that name, mm-hmm. Dick Moss. Uh, <laughs> uh, Richard Moss. Yeah, and he's actually one of the uh, fairly big uh, Dutch directors. There's not a lot of Dutch directors, obviously. Paul Verhoeven is the one that most people know. Um, This is the third film he did. The first two films he did, I think, were pretty successful. His first film was called The Lift, which is a haunted elevator film. Um, I've heard some people call it the Citizen Kane of haunted elevator films, which, you know, fair enough. Um, And I think this is the one that's the big budget film uh, that he was allowed to do. Um, The third film he did, and from what I understand, it was a fairly big success. He actually turned down directing one of the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels in order to direct this film. Um, And yeah, I I think he does a very good job in that, but we'll kind of get into that as we talk about the film film more. Um, Before I kind of get to my talking points, anything you want to bring up about the film? Anything? Um, not yet. Okay, sure, sure. Um, so one thing I like about this film too, 
um, that I think does make it stand out a little bit is the sense of humor to this film, which I mm -hmm. greatly enjoy. I think there's definitely like kind of this uh, dark comedy or even just comedy touch to it too, uh, starting from kind of, uh, I, I highlighted a couple scenes here. Uh, no one likes to pee in the toilet in this film. Everyone's peeing in either the, the canals or in the sink randomly. Uh, <laughs> well, it's uh, Europe. It's true. They don't have the strongest plumbing. Uh, <laughs> I, I forget about the plumbing, but I mean, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of European cities here are like, huh, smells like piss. <laughs> well, I honestly, you could say that about my city too at times. Well, I guess, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, I don't live near downtown Seattle, uh, or I never lived near, near downtown Seattle. So yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe it has it, it, the aroma has now yeah become bigger. Well, all I'm going to say is you see a lot of guys pissing or about to piss, and I don't know if we see a single toilet in the movie. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think there's a single toilet. Yeah. Um, and uh, another moment that I thought was funny is like the part where he kind of gets stuck in the street behind it and he stops that robbery in the bakery from happening and the bakers start giving him shit for, uh, for uh, ruining, a cake. ruining a cake. And then the you see the, uh, the guy that he catches basically like eating the cake because where his yeah. face got smashed into it. Um, I also like his daughter who just like likes to give him shit all the time. Uh, by the way, did you watch yeah. the uh, dubbed English version or the Dutch version? I could not find the Dutch version anywhere. Oh, okay. So you watched uh, the dubbed English version. That's actually the original yeah. version I watched. I watched the Dutch version this time. So, um, which is uh, fine. I see. I, I, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the English version too. Uh, just hearing like where, those kind of Dutch accents. Where did you find the um, Dutch version? I watched it on a Blu-ray, so I'm not sure. Uh, but okay, got it. when yeah. I watched it on Shutter originally, I'm pretty sure I watched the English dubbed. Yeah. Um, Makes sense, yeah. But I, I think for the most part, having seen both, even though it was a few years apart, I think the sense of humor is there for both of the different versions. Um, and the mm. Dutch accents are kind of fun to hear speaking English too. Yeah, they, they have uh, they have some strong accents, some, some of the people. Uh, also, I mean, like this is the part where I I wish I watched it in uh, in Dutch because like I thought that at moments uh, the acting felt flat, uh, especially with our uh, main cock. I mean, cop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dick Mossman, man. I know. Uh, no, but yeah, with our our main character, like there are moments where like he's doing a snarky remark, but uh, it, it just it just feels flat. Like, I, I, I mean, obviously he's being snarky, but there's just no playful intonation. So mm. it's just really the words that are that are being used that are, is playful, but not the intonation. Yet the face is also like, so there is something missing in translation. Yeah. Uh, but I agree with you, actually, that, that this movie has a lot of comedy, a yeah. lot of comedy, uh, a lot of uh, self-deprecating comedy, like, uh, in a way, making fun of themselves, making fan of of Amsterdam in general and, and at the same at the same time yeah yeah like uh, like you can tell that uh, the writers and directors here did watch a bunch of police to test keys and, uh, and giallo in the in the sense that like that, that scene you're talking about uh, when I watched it I was like this makes sense this makes sense in so many ways 
right? It's copying the Politsotesky in the sense that it's like a crime-ridden place. However, unlike in Italy where everyone's just angry and shooting at each other and just killing brutally, here it's Amsterdam where people are more civilized. So they're waiting for the cops to arrive and they're just letting themselves being robbed till the cops arrive. So this guy who is a vigilante actually ruins their shit because ruins their, their cake. When the cops arrive, like the cops were going to do their job because here the cops actually do their job, unlike Italy. <laughs> and in short, yes, there's crime, but the cops actually do their job. Therefore, uh, having this vigilante was a pain in the ass because he ruined the cake and he caused traffic. I do love that. As soon as you walk yeah. outside, people are like, finally, get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> well, he only got stuck there because of the traffic, too, which is another thing I kind of enjoyed, which is like something if you travel around Europe and stuff, you really see. It's like the narrow streets and people getting stuck behind traffic. But I will say, to your point, that if this is a Plitiotesky, uh I think everyone in that bakery might die. <laughs> I think there's like a 50% yeah. chance that, that they live. I think the main baker... Uh, rather than complaining about a cake, might be uh, might be making a trip to the morgue. Exactly. Uh, or if he's alive, he's like you know they just killed and raped his daughter. You know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like escalated for for very little reason at all. Either no reason or very yeah. little reason. <laughs> God, uh, uh, so I mean, God bless the Italians. In a sense, I know, I know. <laughs> I was gonna say, in a sense, it, it's sort of like. It gives you that element, like it almost gives you the expectations, and perhaps it's because I've been watching too many Politeskis. But even American films, right? American films from the seventies, uh, like cop films. Yeah. Also, it's like, oh, there, there's a robber. The, the vigilante cop comes in, and you know, he saves the day. Maybe some people may die. But here, it's like, no, this is Amsterdam. It's a peaceful t- city. You know, robbers are polite. Everyone is polite. So if you're a vigilante, you're actually ruining everyone's shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the American films like Dirty Harry or something like that. You have the uh-huh. hard nose cop, which of course very influential. So yeah, it makes makes a lot of sense. Um, one of my other favorite uh, funny moments. I have one other uh, is when the first body is found too. Uh, I love that one oh, yeah. where it's just hanging and you yeah. have the kid screaming. That's just uh, you know a great moment. And like the guy's like slowing down and the body just slowly drags and you see the blood smear all over it. And then it just stops and it just falls there right in front of a bunch of kids and nuns. Uh, I, I I remember watching that film for the first time. I was just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> it's just a really funny, yeah. uh, dark humor, great moment there. This movie hates tourists. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, yeah. You, like, you, this movie was the, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, you see, you see tourists getting... <laughs> ending up in the canals and and losing their drinks and all kinds of stuff way more uh than you would well way more than you do in just about any other film well so it, it's funny because uh, i i mean amsterdam has been for the longest time like a, a huge tourist destination correct yeah just a shit ton of tourists and apparently the folks there are like the, the the Dutch people living in Amsterdam. They're very friendly, just by nature. That's that's their culture. Just friendly people, but it doesn't mean that they actually like tourists. In fact, apparently they fucking hate tourists. They're just very polite. It, it, it's a, it's a Seattle politeness, right? And and 
I mean, so much so that uh, uh, apparently the the Amsterdam like uh, uh, tourism in uh, like agency in, in there, like uh, last year I think, uh, they literally made uh, ads in English, uh, targeting uh, basically young British people to basically say like, don't come here. If you're going to come here to get drunk at, uh, and go at the red light to harass women, we're going to like imprison you for many years. So don't come. And like, it's very matter of fact, like, yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out of our town. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and I wouldn't be surprised that that's how people were feeling back in late seventies, early eighties, whenever this movie is. It probably was. And I, I will tell you something. I went to Amsterdam this year, uh, which is a very nice place to visit. I don't mean to dissuade people from going there at all. And in some ways, this film is a great showcase for it. In other ways, it does really dislike its tourists um, getting it. And I will say that I may or may not have visited the Reddit for Amsterdam and seen a fair amount of, uh, you know, stop British hate uh, or British hate going on in that place including people complaining about King's Day where the British people are peeing in the lake or, or fall into, not the like the canals, or end up falling into the canals on accident because they're so drunk. So uh, yeah. this continues to this day, uh, to your point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, and, and I would be, since, I mean, so you're, you're in Amsterdam. And, and do you think that the people there were really polite? Um. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I wasn't, I, but you know, to be honest, I, I found French people to be reasonably polite too. So, uh, oh, you know, take, take my opinion for a grain of salt. I didn't, I have not found very many rude Europeans. Oh, wait, you went to Paris and you found Parisians polite? I, I, when I was in Paris two years ago. Yes. I didn't, oh. I didn't find them rude. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So, so yeah, the Dutch, I did find them to be reasonably polite. I, I would say I found to be even more polite are the, uh, are, uh, Sweden and Norway. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah, for sure. But, and that, uh, and that's kind of I, the icy politeness that I think you're referring to. Yeah. And I would, I would say Amsterdam already has that. Like okay. I, I remember, I don't know, like when, when I stayed in Europe, like, uh, this was back in 2015. Uh, so many years ago, when I stayed in Europe, uh, I remember the mo the furthest north I went was a a Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. Zurich, I guess, could be further north north than that. But I I just remember in those like both uh, Amsterdam and uh, in Zurich. So actually, especially Amsterdam, it felt the closest to Seattle, in that everyone is super polite. But you know, like deep inside, they they hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Amsterdam is much more north than Zurich, by the way. Uh, okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, it's like you got you got like that. So like you go to like uh, you know your your bar, your coffee shop, whatever, and it's like oh they're super friendly and you know big smile and all that stuff, but like you know. Like it, deep in their eyes, it's like oh, get the fuck out of my country, <laughs> uh, you know. And and I think you know in, in this movie, uh, uh, Dick, 
was able to do what he wanted to do. It's just give a big, two big middle fingers to tourists. Yeah. Oh, you know, oh, you, you like coming to Amsterdam? Yeah, we're going to put a dead woman just being like completely just in your tour boat. Yeah. Uh, oh, we, you like uh, being by the, by one of the, by any part of the canals? Yeah, you, you're going to be almost killed by either a killer or a cop chasing a killer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you think you're safe on the sidewalk uh, right by the canal enjoying your nice little beverage of beer? No. <laughs> you're going to you're going to either end up in the canal or have to jump into a wall uh, and lose your drink. Well, I I, I don't know. That, that to me is how it felt like. Yeah, fair um, enough. I mean, I, I will say I enjoyed all of those elements to it. I, I enjoy watching the tourists basically driving these like dinky little tourist boats and uh, just like getting smashed uh, in between the two <laughs> racing uh, speedboats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and that does bring me to one of my other big points of the setting of Amsterdam. Obviously, it's very central to this film, so much so that the film is titled Amsterdamed. Um, and that's one thing that I really like about this film is I think it really does capture kind of the ambiance and the feel of Amsterdam really well. Uh, you kind of have like the scuba killer kind of going in and out of the water. Uh, so you see it from the canal point of view, and then you have him kind of going above into kind of the red light district too. Um, so you see the city at night, you see it during the day of tourists. Uh, one of our central characters works at the museum. So you see a bunch of, um, I'm pretty sure, sure those would have been Japanese tourists at the time, uh, who she's yeah. taking on a tour. Um, we'll get a Rembrandt. Yeah. And you also get some really nice helicopter shots where you get the city, uh, and including like kind of, uh, more someone, uh, I forget exactly what the context was, but someone basically, uh, narrating that part too. So yeah, uh, that was a tour. Uh, that was a tour guide. So uh, that yeah, was yeah. like the, yeah, yeah. The, the first the first tour guide, the one that uh, gets the dead woman. Uh, that uh, that's the that's a helicopter shot you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this movie actually definitely uh, tries to show you the beautifulness of Amsterdam too. I mean, especially those helicopter shots. And, and yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful fucking city. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I really like how they use the city uh, throughout the film, um, like the constantly raining too. That's another thing I learned about Amsterdam too. Is like it rains all the damn time, not unlike Seattle, um, perhaps even more so. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on kind of the setting of Amsterdam and how it's used here? Oh no, it's great. I mean, uh, this movie definitely takes advantage of the location. Uh, having a killer uh, basically move around underwater. Uh, it's I mean, there's only two cities in the world that you could do that. Actually, there's probably more, but there's only two famous European cities where you could do that. Amsterdam and Venice. Yeah. Uh, so just just having that, it, it's really great. Yeah. Uh, and and that, so, I, 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 and generally, it just it uses every single element of what you know about Amsterdam. Uh, the, I mean, you could, you could argue that the only element that they're missing is, you know, the pot smoking, but I don't, th I don't know if it was legal back then. Good question. 88. It's, yeah. it's been a long time, so I don't know. Um, yeah, and to be honest, uh, the reason I did get reminded to bring on this film was because I went to Amsterdam this year. I was like, Oh man, I got to watch Amsterdam. And it's sort of like, um, I, apparently in the last month we're doing places that James has gone to this past year. Cause we did, uh, exorcist three in DC and 
now Amsterdam to Amsterdam. So, uh, so it's been kind of fun to just see those cities in like a new light after having been there. So yeah, um, we got to watch a Singaporean movie next. Yeah. I went there last year, but yeah, I don't know. Singapore doesn't have a ton of great films from my understanding. You'd have to probably pick something made in Hong Kong where they go to Singapore, which there are oh, some. Man. Yeah. And Malaysia though. You were in Malaysia too, right? I was in Malaysia last year. Yeah. Last year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. um, So, yeah, I I really like that, too. Um, There's also a bit of Jaws in here, too, how we have kind of that point Mm -hmm. of view from the water coming in and out. And I really like how the film opens in general, where you have it, like, being at night, and you just have it kind of, like, the camera bobbing through through it, and we see him stalking the victims. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean... That that uh, goes into what I wrote in my in my uh, notes on the intro of the film, and I just put Jaws meets Giallo because I, I still didn't know that, that yeah. the killer was a human, but uh, but you had the dun dun. Yep. You even had like, I mean, it was it, it was heavily inspired. If we don't want to say straight up almost stolen, <laughs> like from John Williams' score. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it wears its, uh, it uses its influences on its sleeve, that's for sure. Yeah. In, in a way that I personally find to be kind of endearing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, it, it's just, it's interesting. Like, uh, because it's like, it's borderline, like almost like stolen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in the interview, uh, Dick Moss talked about how like he wanted to make like a real kind of Hollywood blockbuster type film uh, because most of what is made kind of locally is more of like art house or really, really small local films. So it, this is a very much a big budget film in Amsterdam. It cost $2.2 million, and it sounds like the city kind of went all out in order to make it happen and incorporate dis- different aspects as we could see like the motor boat chasing, which we'll get to at some point too. Uh, one other piece of humor that I thought was kind of funny, too, is them giving shit to the two vegetarian guys, the two granola eaters that were out there yeah. that become victims, where they uh, kind of, uh, what do they do? It's like the morgue people like are seeing what they ate. They're a, <laughs> We get to hear about what they ate, and they're like, ah, they ate lentils and some carrots and something. And one of them ate a sausage. <laughs> he was a bad vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, this movie has funny dialogues in general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the humor hits a little more than an Argento film does, where I think the humor is a little more head-scratching at times. I mean, Argento, he's a weird scriptwriter. Yes, he, he is um, hit or miss as far as the scripts go. Amazing visually, but uh, everything else can you know come and grow, depending. Um, all right, well, before we get into the set pieces... Uh, wanted to talk about two more things uh how did you find the lead hoob hoob stopple hoob stopple uh i i like them he he was he was fun again this is the part where i i wish i was able to watch the dutch version because i i felt like the his dubbing even if he dubbed himself yeah you know you could be a, a voice actor Oh, sorry, you could be an actor or a voice actor. Sometimes, not always, they work the same. Uh, at least, there were moments where it just uh, sounded really flat in the delivery, but that's because of the English dub. Yeah. 
I wonder a little bit if it's because like I haven't brought a lot of Italian films on recently too, so it's possible that both of us are a little out of practice as far as like getting used to that dubbing. I I don't think so because um, the Italians are they're very expressive whether they're speaking in Italian or in English. Well, in, in like you know volume and blah 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 and all that stuff like they, they raise their voice they they go faster they go slower etc there's a candor to it uh and since they were dubbing their own shit uh the ones who spoke english of course uh you you could still like uh catch that uh the the energy from the acting i don't know if uh the dutch were actually as accustomed to dubbing so much their own films to the point of like getting the getting the essence of the voice acting down yeah to the point that you can transfer uh the acting on the original language to the english that's fair enough and you make a good point too because like the italians were obviously cranking out a ton of different films and dubbing a lot of them into english so there's something of like they're getting their repetitions and they're doing a lot of it whereas this is in many ways much a uh, one-off as far as like kind of the dutch film industry goes they were not making a ton of different kind of thrillers or like serial killer films or giallo or anything like that so i think yeah. what you'd say does make sense um given kind of the uh cultural context for both of uh, yeah. italian I, films and these exactly um, i mean it, sorry I, I know this is a tangent but i mean i, I do find that the dubbing is because i don't hate all dubbing I'm not like, I mean, with the Giallos, we were watching a lot of dub films, uh, and, you know, they were enjoyable. Uh, and, and I do think that uh, when it comes to dubbing, like, uh, there are countries that are better than others. Uh, I mean, if you were to compare, for example, the dubbing of uh, 90s anime in Latin America versus the U.S., uh, U.S. dubbing of 90s anime was shit. This was complete utter shit. Uh, in, uh, in Latin America, it was actually really great. I mean, almost huh. to the level of the original language. That's interesting. And, and w yeah, well, and, and the reason is because most media comes from the United States. Therefore, it has to be everywhere else, especially for children's media, has to be translated. In the U.S., we barely get, because anime falls under children's media because it's animated cartoons, sure. and you know, cartoons are always for children. That's not true, but that's the American point of view. Therefore, uh, what anime would get here in the 90s, who's dubbing it? Well, Disney's not going to pay for their voice actors. So it's just going to be very unprofessional. And therefore, it's going to sound like shit. In hmm. Latin America, every single thing has to be dubbed, especially cartoons. Right. So they so have the whether... infrastructure and stuff in place. Exactly. So now when we talk about Italy, as you said it, they were cranking so many fucking movies that they had the infrastructure. I don't know if the Dutch were accustomed to actually dubbing their own movies. I Probably I, not. I think yeah. that. Yeah, and I, yeah, I this, this, and I believe this. These are dubbed by the, or at least I think Hoob Stoppel dubbed himself in English. So, you you Ooh. might be absolutely correct in terms of like, yeah, he's probably not dubbing a whole lot into English. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, it, one thing I did find interesting is that uh, there were scenes where the. <laughs> They, they didn't even dub the stuff. Like, people yelling at the street, like, from the street. Like, there was one scene oh, where they were... Oh, interesting. And they are yeah. like, 
they just were like yelling in their Dutch language, like "Blumen Globen Go." Sorry if I insulted some Dutch people. <laughs> you, you, you just lost, uh, you know, 0.2 people that listen to this podcast that are Dutch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Dutch language is kind of fun to hear too. So that that was one thing I enjoyed uh, in this watch too. Ah uh, man, yeah, no, I really wanted to listen to the Dutch language because uh, it's. I mean, again, no offense to Dutch people. It's a funny language. <laughs> it's a funny language. Yeah. Um, another, okay. So last thing I have before we kind of get into more of the set pieces is the killer suit, which I really enjoyed. I think kind of the scuba suit as a, as a killer suit is, is a good idea. Um, and just the whole concept of this, I think carries the film quite a long ways of just having like the killer pop out of there. Um, but it also yeah. is like not a very ordinary scuba suit. It's kind of like a gimp costume crossed with the su- scuba suit, which just <laughs> makes it even more weird and disturbing, which I also am 100% on board with. You know, if we really wanted to uh, prop up our podcasting, maybe we should start podcasting in those suits and upload to YouTube. <laughs> Audio yeah, might be a little yeah. off, but, you know, we, we definitely get the, a little bit more novelty. Uh, yeah, I would have to dust off my gimp suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what do uh, you think of the suit i thought it was great um i i do find it kind of a funny suit to for, for a killer because it looks great and in concept when you think about it it is great if you're killing like right next to the canal you're right at the entrance of the canal or you know someone gets near the canal and you know so you yank them into the canal and you know stab them underwater or, or whatever the killer is doing. Great. Now I don't know if you, I, I have never walked with a scuba gear, uh, so I don't know how it how it would be. I've walked with uh, those like le- uh, foot like paddle things. I forget the name now, but like you know the the web. The paddleboard. Uh, no, no, no! Like the, the the shoes that I have the oh 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 the shoes yeah no I know what you're talking about the web yeah. the web have, shoes yeah yeah the web shoes I've, I've walked with those it's loud it's uncomfortable you you kind of have to waddle around it a little bit and <laughs> so, and, and, and now you kind of know where I'm going right? yeah 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 it's a little implausible <laughs> and in a way that is not mm-hmm. atypical of Jello. <laughs> Yeah, you don't you, you don't you hear like the flopping sound of the, <laughs> the shoes coming up behind them. <laughs> yeah, like like I think of the the, the, the first like a girl being killed. Like if we make it all realistic, she would have been like she would be walking and then I'll st- and she starts hearing like a. Because <laughs> 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 she wasn't at the canal, so. Yes. Yeah. Fair uh, point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like um, in, well, this is kind of the reverse too, but in some of the Kung Fu films, they're like, they always have like the exaggerated sounds for like training. And then so much so that in one of the films, they're like, can you keep it down? Like one of the characters, like your training is too loud. (laughs) But in reality, it'd just be totally silent. But this is the exact opposite. Well, it's because like, if they added those sounds, then you could not take this movie seriously because in reality. <laughs> so when you're asking me, what do I think of the costume? I think in theory, it looks great. Yeah. Practically speaking, like, you know, you, you got to suspend your, you got to have a suspension of disbelief because <laughs> it's a ridiculous fucking serial killer suit. It's the dumbest serial killer suit ever if you think about it. 
it's true. Nathaniel would definitely agree with that point. But personally, I only care about how it looks, so I I love it. <laughs> you like the gimp? You, you like a waddling gimp? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it looks <laughs> insane, but it it definitely has kind of a distinct look to it. Um, and I, I like how they can like use that image as just kind of like the chief marketing material. It's like Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. You have just like this big, scary looking suit there. It's uh, good. Divers are scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's get into some of the scenes. I already talked a bit about the opening uh, where we have kind of the point of view shots and stuff like that. Just classic jolly material. What's new about it is kind of the Amsterdam setting as well as the fact that it's going in and out. Uh, the, I love the body being found. Anything to add to kind of that first original set piece? Uh, it adds a little bit of the greediness of Amsterdam itself. Mm. Uh, you know, having showing sex workers danger that they have to live. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit tongue, tongue in cheek, but not a lot. It, it, it's also sort of like, you know, it's quasi serious on that area. Yeah, until the body is found. And then it's like sort of serious, yeah. but also pretty hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, the granola guys uh, are the two people that the next two kills. That one's also a little ridiculous, too, in terms of like you'd surely be hearing splashes and stuff like that. He manages to decapitate someone underwater, apparently. Um, and like, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if that one stands out a whole lot. One thing I actually that struck me in watching this film too is unlike Argento, it doesn't really show you the act so much. It cuts away most of the time. So sometimes we'll see uh -oh. the bodies, but it's usually after the fact. We don't actually see the parts of like stabbing or anything like that uh, in very well, clo is, close detail, at least. Right. I mean, this is where it, it, it's, it's, I mean, when we were doing the comparison with Giallos or even uh, Slashers. Yeah. I think this is, if you didn't have the scene where you see like a, a head, like a, a severed head, I think this could get close to a PG-13 because mm. actually we see almost no killing. Uh, you, you see the dead bodies, right? Uh, but there's very little, mur like the actual act of killing, uh, I mean, let's go by one by one, right? Do we actually see the the first kill? Uh, yeah, you see her. Yeah, you see her being stabbed from far, from afar. Yeah, but it's uh, from the, it's yeah yeah from afar is correct. From afar, exactly from a point of view of you know a uh, uh, houseless lady or a lady who's on the streets. I don't know. She's yeah. really homeless. The uh, um, the two guys, the two vegan guys or vegetarian guys. It's like you just have the severed head, and then you have a guy getting pulled into the water, which is a great yeah great um great way to show it but uh you yeah. actually don't see the violence there yeah exactly then the the, the fake uh salvation army lady again pulled in the water yeah you don't really get to see and and then they, they found her body uh, i mean all the gruesome uh factors are, are uh after the fact when you see the body but perhaps like the most like closer to see closest you get to see a, a kill 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 is the, the girl on the floaty yeah <laughs> Uh, but that cuts away too. To yeah, exactly. Um, drunk captain, you don't get to see him being killed. You do see his dead body later, though. Um, in in all of them, actually, except for the floaty girl, in all of them, you do get to see the bo body. 
Yeah, true, true. So, yeah, I guess you cut a bit of that stuff and maybe you can make it a PG-13 cut. I don't know what the rules are as far as showing bodies for PG-13, though. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. Um, I mean, also, also, depending on who's behind the movie. Like, this movie that definitely should be rated R, that were PG thanks to, like, Steven Spielberg doing a bunch of lobbying to the MPAA, so. It's true. So maybe if Steven Spielberg directed Amsterdam, he could get this to PG-13. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, so as far as uh, more of the Politiotesky type scenes, we, you have a nice little motorcycle chase scene uh, here mm-hmm. that I think is pretty well done, too. Um, obviously, there's the huge standout, uh, the motorboat scene, which we will absolutely need to talk about. Another scene that I thought was pretty good, another small set piece, is where we're diving after kind of the houseboat gets sunk. And so we find mm-hmm. the dead body, and then the killer is there, uh, which is another thing that will definitely stretch plausibility. But, you know, it's a nice little setup where we have kind of the underwater stabbing, and so we have his kind of cop buddy friend who dives for the police uh, basically getting killed by the killer. Um, I thought that one mm-hmm. was pretty well done. A nice little suspenseful scene, and then we see that guy, uh, the killer, basically kind of wander off into uh, one of the locks, and so he lures the police out there, and then basically somehow takes off. Um, so yeah. I, I like that one. Any any thoughts on that one or any of the other ones? Um, <clears throat> I really so for me the ones that I I, I really enjoyed were. Okay, the, the, the fake uh, Salvation Army lady, I enjoyed it mainly for the comedy. Yeah, uh, her stealing the money. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just being such a piece of shit. And then, and then how she's found, it's like the people like uh, taking out the trash from the canal. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, oh, yeah, that was rich great. Because yeah. they get all the money. And then <laughs> it's like they pull the lady. It's like, ah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed that entire sequence. Yeah, yeah. From, it's a good example of the uh, movie sense of humor, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the girl in the floaty, I thought that was probably the most menacing one, uh, especially because that's the one where like it's in the m- middle of the day. There's plenty of people, and you just see the scuba diving, the scuba diver giving zero fucks, um, just going you know under the floaty, getting that knife in there, and then sort of you know showing that he's gonna basically rip her from bottom up. Yeah, what it hints at is nasty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that is just a very good like framing uh, to just leave a bad image in your head, even though you don't get to see anything. And then uh, the most interesting, and I think perhaps the, the most powerful out of the killing is the one with the drunk captain of his houseboat. Uh, just because you got the rain, it's really dark. You don't know what's happening. You know that he's going to get his shit ruined, but you don't know how. And it's just the most creative killing. Uh, just basically making him drown. Yeah. Before he stabs him. Because he still, he still gets some stabs in there. Right, right. And, uh, the, and then like just the heavy rain and stuff like that. And it kind of has that yeah. like cold rain feel, which is something that would make it distinctly Amsterdam as opposed to like Venice uh-huh. or something like that. It's just, yeah, I, I liked having been there and seeing uh like kind of the atmosphere of the city and the overcast nature i really like how they shot that with like the heavy rain and stuff like that so yeah that's a good one to point were out you caught, were you caught under the rain when you were there um 
No, I wasn't actually. But you know, it was oh. it was always kind of threatening, and there was definitely some rain. It reminded me a lot of Seattle, actually, how it was just always overcast. Yeah, uh, I was I was caught there under the rain when we were there. Um, it was a brutal rain. It was the middle of summer too. It was not supposed to rain, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's gonna rain. Don't even go out. And we're like, what the fuck? We're only here for two days. Went out. Uh, it was really bad rain. It, like tore down a whole bunch of trees and shit. Oh jeez. <laughs> but anyways, back to the the movie. I mean, the the rain that the captain is is in is that, that kind of rain, and I love how dark it is because of the rain, but also how you get to see the boat, like the his boat sinking. And then you know that they spent uh, like a lot of money on that. Yeah, yeah, and from what I understand, as far as like a uh, European film goes. They they spent quite a bit of money on this, um, so. Yeah. I mean, they sunk a bunch of boats. I mean, the boat ch- the boat chase scenes in general, like those ones, were probably really expensive. Yes, yes, um, yeah. Are we ready to get to that? Any thoughts on any of the other ones? Let me see. Let me see. Oh, I really did enjoy uh, the 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 fight underwater. You know, fights underwater are kind of really hard to do. Uh, yeah. like, like it's hard to make them thrilling. It's kind of like plane fights are also kind of hard to make thrilling, uh, even though it seems like it's a good idea. And I thought they did a good job with it. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, when we talk about like underwater choreography, uh, probably the best is still the, the man, uh, fighting a shark, uh, <laughs> in zombie. Yeah. But, uh, outside of zombie, uh, I thought this was pretty solid, um, it, it, I agree with you though. It, it's hard to tell what's happening. Everything's just so muddy. Uh, but yeah. But it's a nice little surprise. Like, uh, like it, it's yeah, it catches you a little off guard. At least it caught me a little off guard. I'll say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because up to that point, we don't have like an actual underwater kind of action. It's all like kind of him coming out from there and going under. So you don't necessarily expect it in that same way. Yeah yeah um all right shall we get to the motorboat chase scene all right let's uh let's do some motorboating yeah so this film i was doing a bunch of research before this uh this thing took uh quite a long time to do six to eight weeks apparently they had a lot of support from the city so they had to clear out all the boats from the sides um the main stunt guy here is a guy named dicky beer who is a dutch guy um but he worked on a lot of different um big budget film so he worked on like star wars films he worked on raiders films and so this is like his chance to come back to the netherlands and do stuff and so uh dick moss apparently gave him like carte blanche to just do whatever he could in order to achieve stuff so uh yeah i I listened to how they were setting all of the different jumps and things up and they definitely spent a lot of time and effort in terms of just coordinating the whole thing i think it really shows because i think the whole boat chase scene it's eight minutes long i think it looks great um, yeah, I think all of it looks really, really good. And just seeing them race through kind of the canals of Amsterdam, um, I think is pretty thrilling. And I think it's a cool way to show the city too. Yeah, no, I mean, the stunts were amazing for sure. I mean, beyond just seeing, uh, this bo- really fast boat boats going through very narrow canals, uh, doing really sharp turns. Uh, I mean, you, you have the moment where, uh, our hero gets like, uh, beat, out of the out of his boat so he has to like hold on to a rope yeah to sort of climb back uh i mean 
just really insane stunts altogether. Um, I mean, you got some crazy jumps where they jump over the street. I mean, some of those, uh, again, uh, suspension of disbelief, but still, <laughs> like, very, very, very impressive. Um, I just want to, you know, another Nathaniel moment, if you will, or just a moment that made me laugh a lot is at the very beginning when, uh, you know, our, our bad guy jumps into a motorboat <laughs> and escapes. Our hero jumps into another one. And the first thing he does is, how do you turn on this damn thing? And he's like, oh, you got to press the button and, you know, pull the lever. Like, okay. He does that. And right after that, he's doing crazy stunts. So a man who has never, ever ridden, clearly, like, <laughs> driven one of his boats is doing some yeah. crazy ass shit. It well, just made me laugh. Another thing that's really funny is, like, his friend or, or his fellow cop friend just immediately just eats it. <laughs> he, like, starts the boat. Oh, yeah. And he just flips off immediately. Um, so that's another part I really enjoy, too. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, apparently I mean, riding a motorboat's very easy, according to Amsterdam. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, any cop can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Doing like the crazy turns and all of that stuff. Yeah, it is it's it is pretty ridiculous in a way, uh, but it's also very fun. I mean, I, I enjoy the shit out of it, but yeah. it made me laugh just to like think about it. It's like, does, you know, like, it's just like someone jumping into like a fucking like Ferrari. It's like, oh. How do you turn on a car? And then all of a sudden you're like doing, you know, like fucking crazy stunts with it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a little movie magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the off-ramp stuff I think looks really good too, where we have all the tourists and the shots that have to jump out of the way and stuff. Uh -huh. um, I saw how they did it and they actually built like kind of tracks. So the boats are mm. like going along tracks while they go kind of off, off, in, off of the canal. Um, Makes sense. And then they built something to just like shoot the boat off, which is how they did that second stunt where they're uh, where the black boat, the one driven by the killer, goes over the bridge. Right, uh, because there's two moments where they they go off water. One of them where they literally <laughs> both boats somehow get off the water and almost drive like a normal car and then get back in the water. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Sure how that happened. Yeah, I don't know why the uh, cop would follow them onto off the water. Uh, it but, you happened. Know, yeah, <laughs> I mean they did. It looks good. Um, also, like you know, uh, yeah, top of the hat for uh, the paddleboarders who were in like all those stunt like those extras were probably like all stunt people because they could have get their shit ruined at any moment. There were people there, I think, right? Like, there were no dummies. Oh, yeah. The paddle boards. Yeah, yeah. You could tell that they, like, definitely had a lot of stunt people. Like, even the explosion at the end, uh, which oh, yeah. I saw was a real explosion, that you have people jumping off that uh, that thing, that boat. So, I mean, it looks yeah. looks good. And it's like, there's a real kind of sense of danger and realism to it, even though some of the parts are, you know, push the, uh, stretch the limits of reality. I mean that's that's where your million dollars like at least at least one million went there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, let's see what else do I have here. Uh, yeah, I also like the touch where they go into the sewer and stuff, and he gets uh -huh. sh shot with the uh, harpoon gun. Yeah. 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 Uh, good shot. He shot the bad guy. Uh, we think that he had killed him, but not. Um, he almost got shot by shit too. Yeah. In the sewers. 
he's walking <laughs> yeah. and there's the shit coming out. Yeah. Uh, do you know if they used a real sword for this or it's just no? I know they yeah. they spent a lot of money creating that set too. Apparently, it was a pain okay. in the butt. They even imported Belgium rats. Apparently. I mean, they they had some really well trained rats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by by well trained, I mean actually just not very realistic like they would throw things at the rats and the rats would just like be chilling there <laughs> yeah um those horses were also imported from england because the dutch horses apparently the police the mounties of of uh amsterdam wanted to get in on the this the people that had the horses they're like all these different people are involved why not us but their horses wouldn't like behave the right way for this so they had to import horses all the way from england in order to achieve those shots uh so it's kind of uh listening to kind of the stunt guy dickie beer uh describe what they had to do it was like wow you guys really spent a lot of time on even like kind of something on the more minor end like the horses yeah for sure um yeah so yeah that, that was that was good um sorry i i i'm gonna go into a tangent because i, I you know, doing the whole comparison between this and uh, Giallo's or Politsetetsky's. Since you brought the the, the, uh, the the cops and the horses. This movie is both very pro-cop, but also very pro-good policing. Uh, these are good cops. You know, the Italian cops, they're shitty. They never get anything done. You know, the, the only movie where we see cops actually getting something done, those were the Spanish police. Um... Forget what movie that was. <laughs> it was like in Spain, uh, but um, uh, what I thought was interesting is that not only are the cops good, they're all working for the goal. No one is being like a, a, a wrench, and good policing is rewarded. Right? They capture the wrong guy. They want to beat him up to get the uh, to get a confession, but they don't. Our main guy is really angry. He's about to punch him. You know, the dude's pat on his face. But you know what? He's like, you know, he ran away from the cops, all that stuff. Like, he's clearly seemed like, you know, you would suspect him to be a bad guy. But the cop is like, you know what? I, I don't think we got the bad guy. He told me he didn't do it. And he was correct. And he was like, we're just going to wait. We're going to see if there's another kill. If there's another kill, we know that we don't have the bad guy. And, you know, we, we're going to do things properly. Uh, you compare that to Italy, where it's like doing things properly, it make, means that, you know, you got mafias controlling the entire fucking city. Because that's, because, you know, the, the legal system is just against you. Here it's like, no, 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 good legal work requires uh, doing things, taking things slowly. Guy gets angry because they, they tell the mayor that they caught the bad guy. And it's like, we don't know that yet. We don't know we caught the bad guy. We gotta wait. We gotta yeah. do some good policing. And you know, it's another difference, right? Like this one actually does trust the system. Yeah, definitely more than uh, the Italians do. That's for sure. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only maybe bad kind of bureaucratic systemic worker is the mayor uh, who has a little bit of the mayor of Jaws stuff going on. But, you know, he only has, I think, one or two scenes. So he's a relatively right. minor. But the mayor is the mayor is basically asking for what the um, Italian movies ask. The Italian movies ask to get a bad guy in jail. Now, we don't care how, just get him in jail. That's what yeah. the mayor is asking. It's like, 
oh man, your copy is taking too long. We need some. We need to show something. We don't. We need to show something. And it's like, what? What do you want to show? We don't have the evidence. We don't know who the killer is. And and like the the the, the whole police people, like you know, like we're working on it, buddy. Chill. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing that, you you know, you're right. I think even compared to American cop films, American cop films will usually have like the person above him giving him shit or something like that. And this time the guy, he kind of has a good boss. Yeah. Like, the boss is like, hey, you know, he's methodical. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate that. Yeah. Well, the Dutch trust their good government, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, well, uh, that brings us to our conclusion where we have the false herring of the psychiatrist, uh, the red herring of the psychiatrist. I think this is a really nice suspenseful scene. I do feel like the film ends a little underwhelmingly in some ways. I think if I were to complain about the film, I think it's a little too long. And I think that it may have been better if they chose a different villain or some sort of reason. I, I feel like it feels a little, it's just a little underwhelming. Uh, the way that the film concludes. Uh, like, I personally would have preferred it maybe if they just did the obvious thing and made the psychiatrist the villain and they just had more of a obvious set piece to conclude it. I'm not sure. But um, I think if I were to complain about this film, I think the higher points are a little bit earlier before the uh, conclusion. I agree. Uh, and in fact, I, I, I'm okay with the, the psychiatrist being the red herring. I wish Laura had been the killer. Mm. That would have been the Italian way to do it. Yeah, I, 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 and I thought I thought for the longest time it was like, okay, the obvious red herring is an obvious red herring. But Laura, what if she's the killer? Yeah, that would be fun. If that the Ita and you know, if the Italians had made it, they would have come up with like probably the most insane reason that she would have done it too. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some past trauma about something something and like twin sister maybe and like she de-associates de or something like that <laughs> it would have been ridiculous but it would have been entertaining yeah maybe maybe uh you know uh, e even actually maybe that's why she sees the psychiatrist because it's like she she actually has double personality you know and one of her personalities is the, of the of the man who cleaned up the uh, dirty lake and got like you know body hurt or whatever? Yeah, yeah. She started to but, uh, have Stockholm syndrome with him or something. Yeah, it would have been insane. Or, or no, actually, the man who died, the, the man who you know this, this disfigured man, was her brother. <laughs> it's it's not right. So she thinks uh, that I mean you know what I'm saying like some convoluted yet satisfying thing. Yeah. Because just having like this man out of the blue, just popping up with, you know, like, oh, he's disfigured. And he's just angry because he's disfigured. Uh, just yeah. silly. And then he ends up just killing himself in the end, too. Uh, exactly. So for a film yeah, no. that ha has these, like, elaborate things. And I kind of like how they set up the suspense at the end with the psychiatrist. Uh, I, I do feel like the final five, ten minutes are a little, you know, beneath the rest yeah. of the film. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. Um, I mean, I, it, it is interesting when you're like, okay, 
is the obvious red herring actually the killer? Like, I mean, it, it did it made me question myself, and then, uh, but then there's just some stupid ass choices too. Yeah, uh, this is one of those movies where, like, at the end not only not only uh, the, the the final killer is weak, but also like intelligence kind of goes out, out the out the window. Like our uh, Laura, you know, she suspects it's the uh, psychiatrist because she finds the bloody scuba suit there. Um, so I mean, okay, if you if you're da- uh, James, I'm gonna ask you this hypothetical. If you are dating a detective who has been chasing a serial killer, and you know that you know bloody suit, blah blah blah, and this is that detective is being hospitalized, so you know your boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever, is hospitalized. If you find out who the killer is, if you believe that you found out who the killer is, and you wear it to grab a phone, what number would you dial? The cops. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, I, she would she she would get the fuck out first. Right, but I mean, let's say she wants to help. Okay, sure, sure. What then, number would you call? Yeah, you don't have a cell phone. It's not like you get you know like she might get killed on her way out. Uh, there are canals everywhere. Uh, but yeah, you call the cops. Yeah. I thought I'd like so for me when I when I'm watching this, like I'm thinking, oh, she's gonna call the police. She grabs her phone and then she takes out the yellow pages and like searches through yellow pages until getting like number. And I'm like, wow, uh, I guess the cop's phone number it must be really long. <laughs> people don't have it memorized. Yeah. <laughs> the phone numbers in, in uh, the Netherlands must be really fucking long because you got to pull up white pages. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, then she calls the hospital. I'm like, what is this lady doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a little ridiculous, for sure. Uh, yeah, Nathaniel is agreeing with you somewhere. Uh, all this stuff, it doesn't bother me that much, but yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. I, I mean, it made me laugh. It just made it, 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 it's the sheerest. Well, is that it came out of nowhere. Like, she seems like a pretty smart character, so all of a sudden, just, <laughs> logic went out the window. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Um, Go ahead. One last thing I want to point out. This movie also has a subplot. That goes nowhere. So we're talking about nitpicks here. With the daughter? The daughter and the psychic friend. Willie? Who? Willie. Who I think was psychic. I think the movie is implying that he was psychic. Yeah, yeah. How much did that add to the plot of the film? Nothing. But honestly, usually those sorts of things, I hate them. But I kind of enjoyed it in this film. I kind of like the daughter, even though usually I'm I'm like pretty against the uh, kid acting and stuff like that. It didn't add anything. I totally agree. And if you're trying to figure out how to get this film from an hour 53 to hour 30, you absolutely have to cut it. But I kind of liked it, too. I enjoy the daughter. I actually enjoy the banter between the daughter and Willie. I thought that all of that was very funny. I wish that it had gone somewhere so it is justified yeah i wouldn't cut it i would justify it yeah you would think it's not yeah you would think at some point she'd be in danger or something i mean that's the like the more normal way to do it but instead they had the uh, girlfriend in danger or or you know uh like 
that Willie would have helped out figure out where the the killer actually like the killer's lair or something like that. Something like that. I mean, I will say that the Italians would never let a psychic kid go unused. I don't think anyone. I mean, <laughs> just just the Dutch, just Dick Moss. Yeah, like uh, what was that? Uh, the shit, I forget the name. The Black Phone or yeah, yeah the Black Phone, the Ethan Hawke one. Yeah, yeah, like you had the psychic daughter, and uh, at the end, you know, they, they got the wrong house, but. Uh, but but they got into the right neighborhood and, and mm. that 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 mattered that's you know yeah yeah um okay well i think that is just about all i have so we if you have anything else feel free to add it now or we're going to get over to the souvenir double feature who won and rating all right uh so i wanted to add just that uh this movie throws in a couple of interesting themes uh pollution is a big deal True. Uh, you have the you have the your your vegans trying to find uh, companies being uh, polluting. Uh, our our main en- enemy actually used to be a scuba diver, a professional scuba diver who would do cleanup. And uh, the companies in Amsterdam did not tell them yeah. that uh, you know shit was radioactive. And uh, generally speaking, you know, like if there's one area like this movie actually really loves Amsterdam, but if there's one area where it criticizes and it likes to show the greedy and grossness of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not only implied, but it's said multiple times and how that canal is disgusting. It is disgusting. It needs to be cleaned up. And even the, and, hip, and, and, yeah. and even the hippies that are like trying to like prevent the chemicals and stuff, they're still perfectly willing to pee in it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, you're in the middle of it. Yeah. There's no totally. They could have brought a uh, bottle. They could have, and then tossed it in the water. <laughs> yeah, canal. Uh, I, so I thought that was an interesting thing. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if you know there was something uh, that the director or the writer wanted to uh, sort of bring up, uh, and if so, it was done very poorly. But uh, nonetheless, it there seems like there's a message there. And then the, the, the second thing I want, I wanted to point out is that uh, out of movies that we've been watching where there's a romance, this one was very bad. <laughs> huh. I actually kind of liked it. Uh, I, I didn't and, mind uh, it as much. Or, yeah. I guess the end. Okay, sure. When they're paddle boating, I'm like, okay, this is kind of cringe. Yeah. Do you want some seafood? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. I You know, part of this, I, I'm getting the feeling that part of this might just be the fact that it's sub versus dubbed. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Because actually, yeah. I, I, I thought it was okay. I, I didn't think it was like going to win any Oscars or anything like that, but I, I was totally fine with it. Yeah, okay. so maybe it's a sub versus dubbed situation. Yeah. Um, all right, you ready to get into Souvenir? Uh, yeah. All right. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to get uh, one of the speedboats. Oh, that's probably a better choice than mine. I'm taking the gimp suit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, future po- future podcasting outfit <laughs> slash doesn't look possible to podcast from. <laughs> um, double feature. Uh, I can go if you uh, want time to mull over. I feel like a giallo could make a lot of sense with this. A giallo or... Uh... 
a Jalo or a slasher. Yeah. But not like the not the slow moving ones, the the more like quick and snappy, the fun ones. Yeah, do you have a good slasher? I per, I think the obvious choice that I will pick is just uh Dick Moss's first film The Lift, Haunted Elevator. Um just a nice Dick Moss double feature. Uh, I've not seen that yet. Yeah, yeah. So, uh do I have a good slasher? I had one in my head a second ago. Um, hmm. Uh, it has to be something that is not like supernatural. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, I know what you, I know what you did last summer. Oh, you go nineties. Okay. You know, actually, it yeah. is closer in time to the nineties slashers than the. Well, it's actually kind of smack dab in the middle, nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. I mean, you can, actually, you could you can always do uh you can always do uh, Friday the Thirteenth uh, one. True. I was trying to think if there's like some like more concept slasher that has like a weird setting beyond just kind of your standard setting that this would work. I mean, another big difference between the Giallos and slashers is the Giallos tend to be way more urban uh, as is this film than the slashers, which tend to be kind of like that camp setting as the most classic or suburban like Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, because a slasher, a big part of it is, is sort of having the, uh, just being alone, which is yeah. something that you're not gonna have in the city. Yeah. Although, although if we're gonna do that, then might as well do the Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, Jason goes to New York. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Jason goes to space. <laughs> no, the, the New York one. <laughs> New York one. Jason goes to Manhattan. I actually haven't yeah, seen that. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Me neither, me neither. But yeah. uh, I, I hear it's it's basically not shot at all in Manhattan, but uh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Who won the film in rating? Um, probably the director. And rating? I'll give it a seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I have to say the same. I like Hoob Stoppel, but I think the director, you know what? Actually, I'm going to give it to Dickie Beer for the stunt coordination on that boat chase and all that stuff. I think he did a I like really stand up job. Uh, you know, I, I watch a lot of Hong Kong films and this boat chase has its place amongst like those crazy stunts that those guys were doing over there too. Um, and so rating, I am going to come in slightly higher than you, but not too much. Uh, eight out of 10. I really like this film. I think if you want to see like a, it, it's kind of as advertised on the box. It's a Dutch slasher slash Jello in uh, Amsterdam. And if that sounds good to you, you'll probably like this film a lot. Uh, if it doesn't appeal to you, then you probably won't. Yeah. All uh, right. Anything all right. to add? No. Okay, no. great. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. You can reach us out to us at zafilm2film at gmail.com or tweet at us at zafilm2film. We also have an Instagram going now at zafilm2film as well. So feel free to follow us at any of those uh, different ways. Uh, not sure when we will be doing our next episode or when we'll be back. Uh, we have some stuff coming up, but we will see. Uh, maybe we can squeeze one more episode in. Maybe not. We'll, that mm -hmm. will be TBD. Uh, anyways, thank you for tuning in. We will see you all next time. Ciao. Thanks, Tom. Ciao.